Welcome to KC Corner, episode 52, and you brought the cold weather with you from Utah. It was so good, you had to bring it back, Brooksy. You know? <laughs> and when you wake up in the morning and you ask, hey Siri, what's the temperature? And the first number is a three. You know, mm, it's like, no, wow. No, not good, not <laughs> good. I want to go back to the beach and be hot. <laughs> you're a true Florida boy, yes, Brooks. I love I'm that. bundled up this morning. Uh, I see frost on your roof back there. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, it's I, I keep my winter stuff, which I have way more winter things than, I, than any person who lives in Florida. I mean, it's really... <laughs> ridiculous but i somehow have this dream i'm still gonna live in the cold country sometime so i had to dig out a sweater today you know it's like they're buried i know um, two weeks ago you were wearing your spider like a uh, skiing jacket to get ready and i was like ready. what brand is that I, th- I thought it was a richmond spiders yeah, yeah no that's that's a fancy pants uh, brand yeah yeah i got um, at costco <laughs> <That's> <laughs> i'm more awesome. the fishing boating guy not the skiing guy i don't well, know all those well it was interesting because uh at the uh uh chairlifts you had to have, because of COVID, you had to have your face covered. Now, that's usually not a problem in the snow because the, it's actually called a gator, some kind of mm-hmm. face thing that you have. A buff gator, you know, all those But the things. buff for more like uh, fishing, uh, Caleb had something right on his face, but it had holes in it. And mm-hmm. so one time a guy came through and said, hey, that's not, you, you got to cover that. So he... <laughs> He used a little fishing buff that you yep. like you have, you know, put yep. that over there, and that thing froze like an ice cube. And so, uh, that was funny. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the one with holes in it, I gave it for for his birthday or Christmas one year, a little buff fishing buff. No, it, no the, the, the fishing buff wasn't the one with holes in it. Okay. So the the uh, he had a mask that you could oh, kind of okay. breathe, gotcha. a ski mask, and gotcha. then then he put the other one. So that was that was great. So they, they were strict on you. Yeah, they were. They <laughs> were strict on everybody. But for the most part, it was only when a few people showed up, they'd want to make sure, and it's kind of weird when you're doing something like snow skiing mm-hmm. and, you know in the midst of covid but it was it was incredible i'm well, so. glad you guys didn't tear any acls or get hurt and made it back safe uh, praise <laughs> the lord it's so true it looked great it, it was incredible great. it really was great father-son trip it was fantastic uh, but we can get into what you meant to say. I know it was a longer service last week, and you kind of cut yourself off there. So if you wanted to go back and hit any points at the end or whatever you meant to say. Yeah, well, thank you, Brooks. You know, and I, I uh, by the way, um, a shameless plug, really love being in the Proverbs for the month of January. Uh, really, it, it was exciting to be able to kind of do something more topical, where you talk about things like marriage and the mouth and mm-hmm. work and, and money and all those kind of things. But... One of the things I really meant to say when it comes to work, well, let me start here, is that work is a grind for everybody. And when you think about some of the phrases that we use in society, and I don't know if they've been passed on to your generation yet, but like nose to the grindstone. I mean, what a what a picture that is. I mean, I'm going to put my nose to the grindstone. Ouch. Uh, that's a grind. Or really put your shoulder to your the wheel. I mean, really get into it. And all of those are going to, to really give us a picture that work is a grind. And what I love about God's word again is that it, it tells us a story of why. Why is it a grind? You know, why is work so arduous? And it's because of the fall. And then I, I feel like what I meant to say last week is if, if you don't see the big picture of the Bible for what work really is, and then even our work in Christ Jesus, that that we've been redeemed to be ambassadors for him. And if all you have is a nose to the grindstone and a shoulder to the wheel, and not the perspective of advancing the kingdom, not the perspective of 
of doing something that really matters, you know, because every one of us, whether it's baseball cloud or, you know, one time I used to sell payroll with paychecks or it feels like you're making widgets sometimes. I mean, there's times like, does this really matter? You know, am I really benefiting the world uh, because uh, I'm helping the, the, the analytics of uh, baseball to, to determine the spin coming off of a, a kid's hand for a curveball. Um, and you can get lost in that and think, gosh, you know, I'm not a fireman or a policeman or a doctor or something you can point to say this helps. Mm-hmm. But when you realize you're an ambassador wherever you are and you realize that there's a bigger picture to your work, um, I, I really think that that perspective energizes and empowers and when you see it connected to the gospel, it just changes. And I, I know what I said last week was it changed for me when I was in the business world. I think that that's really important. So, um, and even there's one other thing I really meant to say that I, I cut short was you, when you talk about things like work, um, you can immediately alienate those who are out of work or quote unquote, what people society call will work for one reason or another. And specifically, I thought of people like my daughter, Jessie, and, you know, Jessie has been in the workforce. She's an amazing, she's one of the best workers I've ever been around. I mean, she's so uh, focused and efficient, and yet her work now is no longer gathering a paycheck. Her work now is a mom to twins and a mom to Polly. She's got three kids that are uh, uh, three, two and under. Um, wow. That's, that's work. And I've realized as a pastor for so many years, our society doesn't value that work. Our our society will ask you, what do you do? And if you say, I'm a stay at home mom, or nowadays I'm a stay at home dad, you know, it's like, oh, you know, what's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, man, fantastic. You've put aside your personal ambition. You put aside some goals you've put aside. And I wish our society valued it more. I've, I've seen as a pastor, the tension and uh, talented women's life where they feel like they got to be everything. And I think Proverbs 31 woman doesn't help us where she was in the marketplace. She was selling. She was she was the mom. She was the business owner. She's buying land. I mean, uh, that was that's kind of this standard that sometimes, um, you know, we try to live till we can't. And I think society has a value on that you got to be in the workforce. Mm-hmm. And uh I've heard so many, even Katie and I were on a walk in our neighborhood this last week and somebody said, hey, I'm going back to work. I just feel kind of energized being back in the workplace. And, you know, who's energized changing diapers? You know, who's who's energized, you know, cleaning up uh, throw up? I mean, who's who's energized chasing kids around? And, and it's uh, but I think it's one of the most incredible kingdom things we could ever do is provide a stable household and and to love our children and point them to Christ. And so I really wanted to give a shout out. I I didn't do it in my sermon. So I'm glad to have this time of, you know, those of you who are home and those of you who uh, are even retired at different stages, you know, um, or maybe because of COVID, you know, something's changed that you can't work. And that's so important, Brooks, we got to find our identity in Christ. And if our identity is in what we do and that changes, um, it's going to be hard. And Mm -hmm. so, a shout out for all those that used to stay home. Um, man, what great kingdom work. And the world won't applaud you, but I know for sure Jesus does. Mm-hmm. I know over the summer when Jesse and Todd were here for about a month, every time I came over during the day, I don't think 
I ever saw Jesse not on the phone. You mm. know, raising Polly was pregnant at the time, working for Ridge Haven. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine the stress she had. And then at night, she was this, the same Jesse. Wanted to hang out, fun to be around. Sure. I know if that was me. I, when I get tired, I just kind of want to sit on the couch and don't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. And she was never like that. It was pretty. It was pretty crazy. I don't know where she gets the energy from, and I don't know where she gets her work ethic from. Um, it's. It's. Uh, I'd love to say that that apple didn't fall far from the tree, but. Uh, you know, I'm usually looking for my next great adventure, and uh, <laughs> she's she's got such an incredible uh, just capacity, not only for work, but real understanding of responsibility. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure she got that from her mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and then Todd also. Let's go ahead and give him a shout out. I know when he's studying for exams, and um, when he was in med school, staying up, pulling up all nighters. Um, I mean, insane work ethic between the both of them. Yeah, for sure, an amazing couple, and. Uh, you know, he just got placed in his residency. He's going to, I think it's ranked number one in the country uh, for ophthalmology. It's uh, Eastern Virginia Medical <laughs> School in, in uh, uh, Virginia Beach. But they're really excited. It's a highly competitive uh, deal. So shout out to them. Moving the fam to Virginia. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> so moving into, you said you're starting a new sermon series this coming week. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's trying to link this new uh, sermon series back before Advent. We started in the fall, we started a series called Our Rock Through the Ages. And the goal was, let's look to see throughout all of Scripture where we could clearly see Jesus portrayed, because he is. And we think of things like the road to Emmaus, where after Jesus' resurrection in Luke chapter 24, Jesus is going to talk to those who were walking with him on the road to Emmaus, and he's going to start way back with Moses and the prophets. And he's going to say, hey, this whole story of the Bible is a story of me. It's a story of a suffering servant who will make all things new. And so with that kind of mindset, it's awesome to go see Scripture through the lens of the gospel, but where is Jesus clearly portrayed? And um, and if the story is about God's redemption through his son, he's throughout it. And so, as you remember, I'm sure it was life-changing for you, Brooks. Uh, <laughs> we started in Genesis, and we didn't go all the way through Genesis. We looked at more of, of themes or where, where Jesus is. And we got to the book of Exodus and the burning bush. And it was there that God revealed himself to Moses that I am, uh, I am who I am. You know, what name should I tell them? I'm Yahweh and, or I will be who I will be. And it's this beautiful name of God, this eternal God who reveals to us who he is. And, uh, and that's that name throughout scripture, the Lord. And so, uh, Jesus in his own words is going to pick up those I am's. And so, there is some stories, and especially in the Gospel of John, they're all found in John, where Jesus says, I am, things like the bread of life, the way, the truth, the life, the resurrection and the life, the good shepherd, the true vine. Um, and he, we're going to start where he starts, uh, where he says, before Abraham was, I am. And he's going to take a, a, the Old Testament patriarch, Abraham, and when he's talking to religious people, say, hey, by the way, I am before Abraham was. And they were not only um, frustrated with him to think that, hey, you're you're not even 50 years old. How can you say you're before Abraham? But they wanted to kill him. And you ask, well, why, why do you want to kill him for saying that? And uh, the reason was because the religious people picked up on the fact when he uses I am, he was claiming deity. And so we're going to spend the next seven, eight weeks um hooking back to the, the our rock through the ages, but looking through the lens of the I am's of John. 
And it's kind of Jesus in his own words, because this is who Jesus describes. I am the bread of life mm -hmm. in John 6. I am the light of the world, John 8. I am the good shepherd, John 10. I am the resurrection and life, John 11. And so um, I am the way, the truth, the life, John 14. I am the true vine, John 15. So you're, we're going to hear Jesus in his own words and, and hopefully connect that back to where we started in the fall. I love it. I love it. I know you just you said you enjoyed going through the Proverbs because they were kind of real tangible topics like marriage and work and everything, but then getting back to the nitty gritty, uh, our rock through the ages, going back through the Old Testament. Yeah. And, you know, and it, although we'll be in John, it'll be, it'll be connecting back to the Old Testament. Even mm -hmm. like I am the bread of life, we're going to see how, you know, such an important part of God's story through the Exodus was the manna, the mm -hmm. bread that came from heaven that, that, that helped provide sustenance for God's people on the journey to the promised land. Well, Jesus will say, I'm the true bread from heaven. I'm mm -hmm. the true bread of life. And so, yeah, it's 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 good stuff. It really is. Love God's word. Going to be great stuff. <laughs> Thanks, Brooksy. And I know you wanted to talk about um, kind of like a new opening you're doing for the services uh, for King's Chapel. Yeah, and this is kind of in lieu a little bit. Um, folks, hang with us. Uh, if you did purchase Bridges Transforming Grace, uh, you know, I know we've been a little bit slow growing through that. We're going to pick that back up next week, Lord willing. But... You know, when it comes to grace, Brooks, you know, one of the things, um, let me let me back up and say, um, I know that you've been almost every week that we've had service, you've been there. Thank you so much. And I'm sure that you've picked up on the fact that my welcome is uh, is very, very oh, yeah. similar. You know, uh, it's kind of setting the stage. And um, I love new stuff, but at the same time, for anybody who's tuning in for the first time, there's kind of a stage setting that I want to really try to lay out and uh one of that is that king's chapel is a place that celebrates god's grace and i don't think we've ever had a service where that hasn't been said and i went back this year and i don't know if you folks have listened if you've picked it up but i've added to that and i i've said basically this king's chapel is a place that we not only want to be instruments of god's grace uh, i'm sorry recipients of god's grace we want to be instruments and so Everybody loves being a recipient of God's grace. I mean, who doesn't really enjoy that? And obviously, somebody who uh, isn't spiritually discerning isn't seeing God's grace. But as a believer, you realize, you know, we sing about amazing grace. And because uh, it is amazing. And, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about it here at Casey Corner. But God is calling us not simply to be uh, recipients of it, but instruments of it. And what does... What does it look like for us to be instruments of God's grace in the world in which he's placed us, in the mm -hmm. culture, in the relationships? And how do we dispense grace? Mm -hmm. And Because uh, we're such grace junkies, sometimes it's just all about gobbling up and hoarding it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, um, and boy, I tell you, let's drink even deeper of God's grace. But how do we grow and mature to the point where we are not just taking it in, but we're dishing it out and uh and i think that's going to really come across with the way we love our neighbor i think mm -hmm. it's going to be the way that we are not judgmental i think it's going to come across by the way um we see sinners around us as um because we know the sinner inside of us in a way that it, it doesn't lower god's law and it doesn't lower god's standard but it it leads with this incredible love and mm -hmm. grace so recipients of God's grace. And I think that's really being the aroma of Christ. Mm -hmm. We got 
talking about that a little bit in our KC group last week. Um, it's not grace isn't just supposed to be in the church for us. You know, when we go out into the world, be a light for him and uh, be gracious to others and uh, spread his word too. Uh, you know, if you want to ask Allie Jakes about a funny story about a couple of her students, I bet she'd be willing to tell. Her. Okay, yeah. <laughs> man, I'm intrigued, Brooks. That's fantastic. I want to call her right now and get her out of classroom. Tell me those funny stories. So. But what, what a great thought, Brooks, because I think, how does the world typically view believers? Is it that we're gracious or we're judgmental? You know, mm-hmm. do we lead with the law or do we lead with amazing grace? And just think if God led with us with the law, I mean, if he led with a hammer, you know, um, there's reasons for us to all have our knuckles slapped and, mm-hmm. and worse. And uh, um, yeah, that's a, that's a really good image. I'm glad you guys wrestled with that. Well, I think that's it for this week. Hey, uh, good week, Brooks. Good to be back with you. It is. Good to be back in person. Indeed. <laughs> so, uh, um, all right. Well, blessings to you, Brooksy. You are the man. I love, love doing this with you. And stay warm. You're the man, too. See you guys Sunday. All right. Thank you.